cries be a why. whole thing. <laughs> no trying to be a CEO. Up. I know. Well, only one can hold the folder, and today Apparently. that's me. Well, <laughs> Wednesday. It'll be both of us. Well, that is just far too many show notes for <laughs> mistakes were made presented to you today and the other day and any other time you want to listen to these fucking things by the Nightmare Box. My name is Brett Bloom and I'm sitting here with the beautiful, the effervescent, <laughs> The gorgeous and semi-intelligent Kristen Pennington. Semi-intelligent. <laughs> Whatever. I have a, a BS, so I'm a scientist. Mm. Thank you very that much. That is BS. <laughs> and uh, you do podcast prep like a wino on a pirate ship. <laughs> <laughs> You're walking around barefoot in your parka. I think pirates wore parkas, whatever it is that you're wearing. You all right? Yeah, I'm suggesting my pop filter. My wine ah. doesn't have ice in it. I'm going to go put ice in my wine because okay. I'm a weirdo. And we're off. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Kristen had like a corner shot left in our wine bottle, but it was more than like one swig. It was like two or three swigs. So she was like walking around, like pacing to like occupy her time. And uh, just taking corner shots out of a <laughs> nearly empty wine bottle. Chugging wine is a delicate but, process. Yeah, no shoes on. What do you do with a drunken sailor? All the dressed in your, dressed decisions. in her pajamas. So like, and it's dark outside. So like that scene could have been eight o'clock in the morning. If I took a picture of you drinking that bottle of wine and said, "This is how we fucking start our day." <laughs> Like, it would have been believable. Like, it's got, like, that nice blue hue coming in the window. <laughs> Just standing there. I'm a professional, I swear. <laughs> I'm a professional. I think I'm waiting on an editing call while I'm drinking and doing the podcast because uh, I, I'm not answering that phone after 5 o'clock. So. <laughs> he still has, ooh, 11 more minutes. Mm. Well, my phone is in the next room, so mm. he has uh, avoided those 11 minutes by not sending me a text message around 10 o'clock this morning. So. <laughs> not everybody uh, can yeah. be as productive as you. I didn't day drink today. You didn't? I did not. I'm drinking right now. Well, it's, <laughs> it's 5 o'clock here. It's a weird thing to be proud about. It's like I'm still still doing it, but like I, <laughs> I gave myself like a whole extra like two hours. What's well, podcast day? It is podcast. It's Sunday. Yeah. It's, it's not like it's a day you know, off. It's your only day off you've had this week. I'm doing this on a Monday morning. Like <laughs> I said it's the only day off you've had this mm-hmm. week. Pulled six days this week. And when I got off the six days, as you guys probably know, we did Naked. We, we didn't do Naked. We did a <laughs> Two Star Tuesdays <laughs> review of Naked. Uh, fully clothed. <laughs> I forgot it was called that for a minute. I was like, where are we going with this? <laughs> we did what naked? We wore pants. I don't know why we wear pants when we do the podcast. Like, it's in our apartment. We just close the window. I just do this in my boxers, but no, I'm like, still like wearing my boots. <laughs> yeah, you said to dress for the job you want, and I think I'm the only one who ever does this in their pajamas. You're always, you're always actually dressed, that was, and I'm just... like that dude in Mindhunter with his goddamn suit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do you wear anything other than that suit? And it's like, no, I'm always, I've got a Hanes t-shirt on and blue jeans and my Tims. Like, that's a, that is my uniform. 
And I am once again in my polar bear pants. The goddamn polar bear pants. But you're not wearing your need. I, I, you're not wearing your. I need a coffee or a donut. <gasps> I'm, I'm gonna burn. Don't that burn shirt. it. I'm gonna fucking. I'm gonna hang it on the wall like a retired jersey when you're done with that thing. Brett's favorite punchline. Anytime I'm wearing that, we'll be talking about something and be like, "Do you know what you need?" The shirt says, "I need coffee and a donut," and it comes in handy anytime you need a punchline. <laughs> It's the you perfect were, misdirection. You the your king. shirt says things. You're in your 30s. You are the <laughs> king of dad jokes. Mm. <laughs> it's my pajama shirt. It's not the shirt I wear in public. Why, why, why? I'm casting judgment. Casting judgment on your PJs. <laughs> <laughs> you probably worn it in public. You probably wore it to the liquor store to go buy wine. Like you've you've got, you've shown up there in your PJs with shoes on before. But I put like a hoodie or something on. <laughs> <laughs> I've never just gone straight like, up in my PJs. I'm wearing my polar bear pants to go get a Merlot. <laughs> <laughs> Again, in the afternoon, not in the morning. We're not daytime drunks. <laughs> I got a lot of stuff done today. You got a lot of shit done today. You did the majority of the work. You did all the shopping today. Yeah. And you got your gym in. I didn't I didn't go shopping or to the gym. Um, placed all the tires on my car like a Placed all the tires adult. on the car. Yeah, which was a financial nightmare. Yeah. You cleaned the kitchen. You cleaned the rest of the apartment, though. And you did a ton of editing work today. Did, I... I Sat down at like 10, 10.30 and then didn't get up till damn near 3. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to relax. I'm going to relax with my time. And I, I bought Madden at the pawn shop for like $5. And so I'm trying to get into football games, even though I'm not really that into football. So like I don't, I don't know what a wide receiver does. Like I, I don't know if that's the dude. Like, no, he receives. Is he, does the wide receiver just catch passes that are far away? I think the, Is he the outside, like yeah, next he's to like the, the outside position. Line. And I don't, I don't the understand football. Outside passes. I don't. I don't know. I'm not a sports person either. My, my my dad was really into football, like at an annoying level, like fantasy football level, where he's like, you know, I don't get my that. league, and I'm like, Dad, you're just kind of watching a lot of football. And yeah, I don't get fantasy football. Calling. You know, twenty people you don't talk to at work to talk the way about that, the Oilers or some shit. The way that works is your points are based on how the real life team is doing, right? So yeah. you basically have to predict. You have, it's just gambling. It's yeah. gambling on individual players all across the league instead of whole teams. You're not like I'm going for the Falcons, and then like you and your buddies link up to watch all the Falcons games, and he's going for the Patriots. So you like watch all the Patriots games, and you hope that one day you two play each other and you can get in a violent <laughs> fist fight in front of your children. I mean, I get- it's, it's not even that. It's like I need that kicker to do good, so I'm dedicating the next five hours of my day to watch him kick a ball three times. Yeah, I don't. That doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Do they have a Madden soccer? Or is it only football? It's not Madden. I think that one's FIFA. Okay. Yeah, Madden is... Because uh, I was like, I know you like soccer. Well, you could John get a soccer one. Yeah, John Madden was... Uh, I think he was a football player, but he was definitely a commentator, and like he was more known for his commentating. And so the the Madden games are all about like him, because he <laughs> used to do the original commentating in the games and stuff, too. Like They'd get voice clips from him. He's like, this is John Madden. And I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Learned something new. I thought Madden was just a company. No. And uh, FIFA's the... 
something something football association. Um, foreign identities. Factually inconsistent football administration. Sounds sounds about right. That's probably it. <laughs> I know nothing about sports. You can I, tell me anything. I, I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. I, I, I love boxing, and I love watching UFC. And uh, I woke up this morning, opened up my phone, and the first thing I saw was that, you know, I don't pay for pay-per-view fights. I saw Deontay Wilder knock the absolute fuck out of that one dude whose name I'm not even going to bother to remember. <laughs> You know, like he like calmly like walked across the ring and was like ba bam son, Dunzo. He didn't even look stressed out. He didn't even look like he threw that hard of a punch. Like it just, really didn't. No, he looked like he walked over to that dude and hit him the way you would hit a dude in elementary school in the cafeteria. Like he just walk up and try to ghost him. Like he almost looked like he got sucker punched in the middle of a boxing match. Gone in the last minute of the first round. Go fuck yourself. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> we should get uh, a Wii and get the boxing game and box each other. There might be one in here. A Wii? Yeah. My brother had one. It might be in a box. Like I'd have to... I, I don't know if it's here or if he took it to England with him. But he had a Wii and we had the boxing game. And I, it, it was fun. You know? <laughs> yeah, we could box each other. <laughs> I would light you up. You are a woman. I don't feel like it's... Um... <laughs> Because I used to have... It's different in the game because you're not actually feeling getting punched. Well, (laughs) besides that, because I used to have the Wii and the Wii Sports, like, it doesn't follow in real time the move Mm -hmm. of your actual arm. So, like, you'll be swinging and it'll be, like, hyper-delayed on the punch. So it's not accurate. Those VR games, I could definitely see myself getting addicted to, like, later on down the road. You know, like if I could play Battlefield, but like actually shoot and hide and duck and dodge and, you know, like scurry was, across the... Yeah, what if it was zone? like the hole you had the glasses on and you saw the fist coming at your face? Yeah, it would, would be, be cool. fucking brilliant. I think they've got like one of those. Like really? I think I've heard Rogan talk about it a few times really? where it's like when you get hit, like the glasses like light up. So like it feels like it does when you get sparked. That would be cool. Yeah. But, like, again, you're not actually getting hit. So, I mean, it's good for, like, reading situations. Like, I guess you could really, like, build in some cool shit in there. You know, try to fight Mike Tyson, see how long you last. But you get knocked clean the fuck out in the first two seconds. It's going to be a lot of, like, shitheads like me who just, like, watching boxing or used to box. And then, like, a whole bunch of, like, 280-pound dudes who are me, like fucking 30 years from now who are completely out of shape they got these glasses on they're literally just punching their tv trying to take out their fucking childhood icon god damn Mm. somebody would figure it out but it would be it's like speaking of video games there's that uh is it mike tyson punch out that old school you remember like the it was like do 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 do, and you were like the little boxer, like I didn't scrawny really little white play dude. Sports games. So. That was like on like the NES or like like one of those. One of those little <laughs> computers, and um, Tyson was in that one, and he was damn near impossible to beat. So like you 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 damn near win the whole game and then you'd have to fight Mike Tyson and it was like if he hit you the game ended and you had to start all the way oh, back no. over and he would fuck you up every single goddamn time 
But anyway, I don't boxing tangent. Deontay, <laughs> congratulations to Deontay Wilder. Like we didn't know that wasn't you know like exactly how that was gonna play out. <laughs> it's just how smooth he walked up on that dude. Have you ever seen that video that um, there's a, a kid that he's like fighting this old dude in like a, a train station, you know? Like they're in like the hallway and this uh-huh. kid's like beating up this old dude. And this black guy. Is it this, real? Yeah, it's a real video. Huh. And this black guy in this um, like blue hoodie, he's standing on the far side of the group and everybody's just watching this like 15, 16 year old kid like swing on this like 70 year old man and Why? nobody's doing anything because he's being a shithead. And uh, the kid starts talking shit, and he's walking away, and then he'd, like, run back up on the old man, and then he walks away. And while he's walking away for the last time, because he gets clipped, this fucking, this black guy in this blue hoodie, he comes walking all the way around, you know, to where he's behind him. And when the kid runs back, talks shit, and the second he turns around, this dude clacks him. He just fucking racks him right in the fucking jaw, head hits through the... Um, like the benches, like mm-hmm. right next to him, Ooh. doubly knocks him out. And then the dude in the blue hoodie, he just bolts. He's like, I have to because that yeah, kid's a minor. I've come in, I've assaulted this child, and I need to get the fuck out of here. But like, when the kid stands up, he starts yelling. And the first thing he does, I think he just starts yelling at the wall. Like his brain is not clicked oh, in, no. and he's not standing next to that 70 year old man oh, anymore. No. And he's like, What the fuck did you ever do? And he's I'm sorry, man. You just caught the lobotomy in the middle of the fucking train station. God damn. And that's what that looked like. It looked like that dude didn't know he was fighting Deontay Wilder. Like, there was another person in the ring, and he was like, fuck you! I mean, I don't keep up with that kind of stuff, really, but, um... Yeah, you did show me that clip this morning, and it is... Like, the level of skill that goes behind that. Like, he saw an opening, and the other guy didn't even get a chance to swing. He literally, like, as soon as the ref was like, go, took, yeah. like, two or three steps and was like, boom. I, I, no, no you, you're expecting, I think, in that situation, and if you haven't seen the clip, go see the clip. But I watched it, like, 15 times this morning, and I'll, I swear I'll get off the boxing thing. But, like, what it looked like happened, right, is other dude thought the jab was coming first. Because normally when you throw that heavy right, you're going to lead up with a jab, get your distance, move the position of the other dude's gloves, open up that part of the face. So the dude was already ready for the jab to come in, left the whole side of his goddamn head open, and ate a haymaker. Just like full tilt. That dude got hit like he was just standing with his hands at his side. Like, <laughs> And we've talked about that before, but it is, like I, I will say... I do respect that about boxing, even though I don't really keep up with it. It is, like, yeah. literally like a chess match. Like, you have to preemptively anticipate yeah. your opponent's moves to win the game. So. And that's one of the things that we talked about um, when we were playing a lot of chess, which we need to get back to doing. Because I'm working on this book that involves a guy who plays a lot of chess. And it came out of one of those conversations where I'd watched... Um, was it Evander Holyfield? Some there was an old uh, like legendary boxer. I think it was Holyfield, but I might be like way the fuck off. Um, on Rogan, several months ago, and uh, he was talking about how since he'd quit boxing, he'd taken up chess and he would just spend all day playing with people on the internet. 
like it's an addiction. Like he carries <laughs> around his phone. And he's like, okay, <laughs> and uh, I thought like that that is crazy interesting because uh, it's the same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. boxing is chess in real time. You, you can move left, right, diagonal, one step, two steps, all the steps, and your one goal in your life is to uh, a not get fucked up because nobody wants to. Like, Goal one is I'm making it out of this goddamn arena on my feet. Goal, goal two is I'm putting that guy in a body bag, and there is no interim. <laughs> I feel like the goal in there somewhere should be I'd like to still have all my teeth when I walk out. Well, you, I mean, you're wearing a mouth guard, and you're yeah, getting hit with a dude with pads on, so like it, 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 it spreads the punch out differently. Like If I were to hit you with my knuckles, like my knuckles are going to be tilted out, so you're going to lose some teeth if I catch you in the head the right way. But a glove, you know, it, 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 it's chemistry or I've seen some of those people who get fucked up, though, and they sciences. look rough. Do what? I said I've seen some of those people who get fucked up, though, and they look pretty rough. Oh, no, I'm not saying it's comfortable. Like, you're definitely <laughs> going to the hospital afterward. These aren't, like, big-ass, like, kid gloves. These aren't, like, the Incredible Hulk. You know, like, it's 16 inches of padding. You're still getting clocked in the face with, like, an 8 to 12-pound or 12-ounce glove. So, and as the fight goes on, that padding gets pushed back. So, like, as the fight wears on, you are getting jacked up. <laughs> That was like an old thing that the uh, the old boxers used to do. And they got busted a whole lot for it in like the the 80s, I think. But they the uh, corner man would work the work the glove around where your knuckle would sit, so he would push the padding away. Ugh. And there was a guy who got killed, I think, because of that. Ooh. Yeah, because the he pushed it away to where it was basically like padding on the front of the knuckles and on the the back of the hand, and then all of this was just regular bone, it and he like crashed that, it, dude. Seems completely. like that puts your hand at risk too, though. Like you being more vulnerable. It, you have to be more careful your with your punches. Yeah, yeah. But if you land one, you know, like if you hit a dude like you're wearing a glove and you've got all of your knuckles there, like the, the dude that got fucked up. It, it was all brain damage because when you're getting hit, your brain's like moving around inside your skull. You crack somebody hard enough, you can take Do they them out. Have, like I know, um, a bunch of people get killed over the you know century or two that this you know has been a work at the the actual boxing association, not the thousands of years of actual boxing. <laughs> Do they have um, rules about where you can punch? I know they have like rules about holding and stuff, but can you punch somebody in the nose? Like, do they oh, have yeah. rules? Like, yeah, that seems dangerous. Well, you can't hit anybody below the belt. Well, you could shove somebody's nose up into their brain if you hit it at the you right angle. You could dislodge angle. their liver. <laughs> People get their arms broken all the time. If they get punched in the arm too many times, they break their fucking you know, elbow. I've seen some of those where like, somebody's leg got People get their ribs broken. There's been a couple of guys who had their cheekbones pushed in. There's a guy in an MMA fight that uh, caught an elbow and it caved his skull in. I saw, I think it was an MMA fight where somebody's leg, like, got snapped. Yeah, backwards, like, oh, across God, the yeah. knee. Oh, that was rough. So, my favorite MMA one was I was sitting in a bar in San Antonio, I think, playing pool. And um, Kimbo Slice was fighting some white dude with the, got the big ear, like the, uh, anyway. He's got this big swollen ear. Isn't from, like cauliflower ear or yeah, something? It's yeah, like a yeah, vegetable yeah, yeah. ear. I wanted to call it cotton something, and I couldn't <laughs> get there. Uh, yeah, cauliflower ear. And um, 
so it's it, it's sitting on the side of his head when the fight starts. And the fight, I believe, got stopped because Kimbo was just sitting there, like, tapping it until it got really red. And then he just leaned back through his whole goddamn shoulder. And Kimbo Slice was a son of a bitch. I don't know if you know. Do you know who he is? I know the name. but I'm... He was that street fighter guy with the big beard who the UFC basically signed on because he was just beating the fuck out of people in Compton. Like, he was just, like, holding backyard brawls and just fucking everybody up. So they bring him in. And he gets this fight, and he pops this dude's ear. Like, the whole goddamn thing is just like a mass of blood. Oh, God. Yeah, got fucked up. You can get, you can get fucked up. <laughs> this is why I don't watch this kind of stuff, because that's too much for me. Yeah, that doesn't happen in football. Like, that, I, I, I think that's my, my, my issue. Well, you concussions get concussions, but that's because you're wearing a helmet. Like... Like, rugby is more exciting, and I don't know what's going on. I don't understand. All right, then. Have fun. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand rugby. I've watched it a few times, and I don't, I don't get either. the game. No. Like, it's an intense game, but I don't understand the rules. It's fun because they can just, like, straight up blast each other, though. Like, they'll be running past them and just go, boom, and crash them <laughs> with an elbow and just, like, fuck the whole face up. <laughs> like, there are no rugby players with, like, teeth. I think they're all <laughs> out of teeth. Like, there's a... <laughs> Like they, they have teeth for like the first three games of the year and then their teeth are just gone. <laughs> Some tough sons of bitches. And then around the cup, yeah, I get into, um, I guess, soccer uh, because my mom's from England. Whatever right? happened with Liverpool? Did they? I don't think Did it we? happened because I think I would have heard about it. Can yeah. you Google it real quick? Um, what would I Google I haven't for that? I didn't Liverpool talk to soccer? mom today. Do I? What no, I just give? Liverpool and news, and if they won, then it'll be big news, and if they lost, hopefully it got buried. Yeah, uh, Brett's mom recently went on vacation. Yeah, went to the fucking Canary Islands. She was supposed to go with her sister, and her sister, like, canceled the vacation because Liverpool was given this massive shot that they haven't gotten in, like, 30 fucking years. I don't fully understand because I don't follow... I don't know what I'm looking for, to be honest. Did you type Liverpool? I'm going to let you do that. Uh, Liverpool is not just a team. Liverpool's like a whole situation. Well, you said Liverpool News. What? Okay. Well, you fill the dead air. Liverpool. Oh, um, yeah, did you explain that? Yeah, his uh, mom's sister was supposed to go on vacation with her to the Canary Islands and uh, ended up staying... In England, because apparently this is a big deal. I don't keep up with sports at all, so I... It was... Were they supposed to go to, like, a big soccer match? I don't even really understand. <laughs> like, what was happening? I don't... I, I didn't get the significance at all. I I don't... Now that we're talking about it, I don't think I know what I'm talking about either. <laughs> all that to say, not a, not, a, not a household where we watch a lot of organized sports, but god damn it, am I proud of Deontay for fucking taking some dudes out of we did, um, I don't remember why we didn't watch it together, but we weren't together whenever uh, the last World Cup happened, yeah. and we both separately watched it from our own homes at the well, same time. it was time. happening in the middle of the day, so we were normally either at work or school, and yeah. at work I could watch it, you know. I think that... Maybe was, you were at work, yeah, maybe that's... I thought yeah. you were at home. Well, we I was at the, home for some of the games, but yeah. it, it lasts for weeks, so... 
there were a lot of them. I think we watched a couple of the England games, but the scheduling didn't work out. Yeah, I just remember I was at home and you were watching it too, and we were like texting, like, "Did you see that?" <laughs> but that was uh, a great time because the games all came on at like ten in the morning over <laughs> here, and I would just start drinking Newcastles <laughs> until like by six or seven at night. I'm just fucked up and been here and like, oh, rah rah, like the one man <laughs> pub. <laughs> be at work and the game would be on I'd just stand up god damn it you <laughs> motherfucker and they're like excuse me sir I'm looking for 14 Garrett gold <laughs> can you see I'm watching a game <laughs> it's like, talk to literally anybody else I'm the only one watching TV okay <laughs> I'm wearing my England uniform I am here I still need to buy you that fuck off I'm writing cup because that always happens when you're writing I need a too. fuck off I'm writing hat cup <laughs> shirt thermos everything just just leave me the fuck alone I'm too busy like I ugh. so yeah I spent all day editing today and my my relaxing to Madden football didn't work out well I guess is what I'm telling you I took a bath and I'm sipping on Merlot so I'm quite chill I'm drinking a King Cobra it's raining outside angry I haven't spoken to you all day because you've been busy and I've been busy and I haven't left the apartment. So it's just now dawning on me that outside of the like handful of things that we've said to each other all day, I've, I've been in total silence. <laughs> then I just started drinking beer and I was like, all the thoughts are going to flow out of my head. <laughs> about everything that we could have talked about today. Completely fucking it's going to be a nice change of pace from working all week though yeah. you know the incessant noise like I don't feel to... like I've been working all day which is my favorite part mm-hmm. and editing is my least favorite thing as far as like what I have to do it's enjoyable it's more enjoyable than sitting in a pawn shop all day spending six hours editing shit is fucking miles ahead of getting yelled at by fucking meth addicts <laughs> but uh that's not really my favorite my favorite thing um and I enjoyed, I would say, half of what I read today. Because it was two different authors, and one of the authors was good. And the other author was frustrating. They're and fledgling. They're, they'll get there one I, day. I, the, the one that I'm upset with right now is going to be brilliant. We've not disclosed her age, but I... And I, if you're hearing this and you put this all together person um you write like a 14 year old oh and you don't do your own edits before you send me your draft Aww. so i'm catching things like no shit the fifth word in the opening sentence to the novel is misspelled so i know you didn't <laughs> even read the first <laughs> sentence <laughs> I know you didn't even go that far. I know you fired and forgot this entire book, and now I have to... Clean it up. I have to clean it. I have to go through, and I get to find where you lost characters. No, you... Before you said... Professional note. Before you send it to somebody, give it a read-through. You know? You don't need to catch every error. I don't want you to catch every error. If you caught every error, you wouldn't hire me. (laughs) However... Um... There's like a level of professional responsibility where you should go through it a time or two, make your own edits, shoot it off to an editor and be like, 
there you go, dude. Especially if you're paying that person like a quarter of their weekly salary. <laughs> so they have credit, though. Like, everybody has to start somewhere. Like, the first thing I ever put together film-wise, I'm sure. No. Today, the... I would think is absolute garbage. And... Of course. Of course. But it... A note to the um, people that might still be, you know, hanging out in high school or just got this wild hair up their ass to start writing in the past, like, five years. Um, you're not good at it. <laughs> and, and, and read it. Read it out loud. Read it out loud to yourself, word for word. When you get bored of it, cut that part. If you're reading a paragraph and going, I don't care about this paragraph, X out that paragraph. Keep the original, because you might need it later. There might be a combination of words in there or a combination of thoughts that you can later rewrite. But if you're reading it and you're like, I don't give a shit about Bill, nobody else is going to give a shit about Bill. Because you're the only person at the writing and drafting and editing stage who gives a shit at all. <laughs> you have to absolutely fucking love it or you're going to be hard pressed to find somebody who does can I counter that though because this actually very perfectly timed out into a conversation that I wanted to have Nice. do you feel like you ever hit a moment in your own work where you are actually in love with it because like I feel like artists in general for the most part, like artists that actually care about their work tend to be hypercritical of their own work. So like, are you, do you ever put out work that like long-term you're legitimately proud of? I am not a proud person in general, um, but I love the work while I'm creating the work. See, I fall out of love with it in the editing process because then I have to read it five times and go, holy fuck, I don't care. Like, I've lost the surprise. <laughs> but in writing, you hit these weird flow states where it's like, I had a plan. I thought that the novel was going down road A. And then without, you know, there's no real sense of control sometimes. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh no, novel's going down road B because this whole other catalog of possibilities is opened up. So while you're doing it, it's like a holy fuck, you know, like roller coaster type experience. It's my favorite thing, like when you get keyed in. And it can happen in a 500 word, you know, flash. It can happen in a, you know, 70,000 word novel. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't matter. But proud is different. Like I'm... I'm I don't First, know. I'm proud of I'm proud of myself for the Madman Diaries. Uh, when I read it, I'm frustrated with myself, but I've read it a whole bunch of times. I feel like with my own work, it's like the same thing. Like um, that thing they say about relationships, where you have like that initial honeymoon phase, and then that wears off after a while, and like yeah. you kind of have to work to you know maintain uh, things. And like for me for the most part I've put out work that I, I hated from day one for sure but for the most part like in the initial creation process and even the editing why'd process why'd you put it out um well some of them were like projects I did in school oh, that like, like school I had to okay. like I had to finish period. I thought you meant personal things that you didn't like no I've definitely not 
mm. published stuff that I spent time on just because I hated it. But for like my school stuff, you know, it was like you have yeah. to finish it, you have to turn it That's in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and a lot of the work that I've done, like in the moment, it was like I was proud of it. In the editing process, I was proud of it. And then I go through a brief honeymoon phase where it's like maybe a month after I've released it or whatever. I'm like, I'm still really proud of this work I did. And even like the dolls, for instance, we spent an insane amount of time on that and like I know realistically it's a thing to be proud of because I learned a lot from it and we accomplished a lot and we were kind of up against a lot but like I look back on it now and I'm just like oh god like I see all the flaws and so like I fall out of the honeymoon phase shortly after putting out my work so a lot of my old work I look back on and I I don't care for it as much anymore I think Um, that's normal because we spend so much time on it and then you make that in a creative stage and then you look back on it a year later and you're like I've learned so much since then Mm -hmm. if I could redo it now I'd do it 10 times differently if I were to rework the Madman Diaries when I handed it to you it would would look like a novel it would be fucking like 200 and so it would be be like you know an inch and a half thick Like, (laughs) like here you go here's how I turned all of these into 15,000 word things instead of 5,000 word things, you know. But you also can't just keep redoing it. Like at a certain point, you have to let it go. And the audience is not made of primarily people who create things, you know. It's made primarily of people who are just trying to find something interesting to watch or read or listen to. There's going to be those like uh, mistakes around the edges. I mean, even listening to the podcasts when we're editing these or trying to come up with a description, you know, we've gotten better at it and worse at it depending on the episode in such a short amount of time. When I look back at the Madman Diaries a year from now, I'm probably going to want to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, I think that there are both positives and negatives to that. Because, like, how about this? Instead of looking at it in a negative light, of like uh, falling out of love with the work. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, much like the book. When I like when I go back in the book, like when I when I pick it up and I'm like, okay, well, you know, like when we were doing the dolls and I had revisited them. Do you find yourself proud of the younger you, where you're like, most of this is horseshit, but holy fuck, that one time that bah, you got like a handful mm-hmm. of things where you're like, I'm proud that I knew to do that instead of that. That was a good call. That was. Do you look at it kind of like a coach? I feel like, like you said a second ago, like maybe proud isn't necessarily the right term because I don't, I don't look back on a lot of my older work with a sense of pride, but I can recognize that it's a stepping stone, so I can have a level of appreciation for it for sure. I don't know that it's pride per se. But do you watch, say, the dolls? And the kitchen scene, which is one of my favorite parts of that entire I don't like thing. The kitchen scene. The kitchen scene where the shot comes up over the window and looks into like the it. backyard. Yeah. What um, would you do today? It feels too disconnected. Like I feel like Paul in the background, like you want that to be subtle, you don't want it to be overt, but I feel like it's almost so subtle if you don't know he's there, you don't notice that he's there. 
And, like, for me, I wish that that scene had just been, like, more eye-catching than it was. It's not a pretty shot, in my opinion. I don't care for but it. I like, I, like, the running water and the silence of him in the distance. And... I, I, I still really like the chainsaw I mean, it's section. not over the head, you know. Yeah. I'm sorry. Continue. No, you're fine. Um, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I feel, I feel like it could have been... I don't It felt to me and when I you know, wrote it and was trying to explain it, it felt very Halloween and I was like, This is my tribute scene. I'm gonna make the make the monster move in the background. No, I like so the I idea of it. It's not that I dislike yeah. the idea of it. I think the way that um we shot it just could have been better. Mm-hmm. Like I still like the idea, but I I just think the shot isn't very pretty. And yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those things where I'm like, Oh, if I had paid more attention it might have looked a little better but i think i was actually outside so i wasn't even looking looking at the shot like i was like cueing mm-hmm. paul so the smashing of the head at the very i beginning. like that shot a lot i like the shot where he draws the eyeliner i like the chainsaw scene there are a lot of really pretty shots in that film so there yeah there are things that i'd i still look at and like mm-hmm. have an appreciation for for sure but um chainsaw scene yeah i'm a big fan of the chainsaw scene I think that turned out really cool for how much work we had to put Mm -hmm. into it. Like, it probably could have been better if we had more money to blow or just had a space that we didn't have to, like... Or it thought that you could just unlock a closet. (laughs) (laughs) No, the chainsaw scene was cool. I like that I chainsaw scene. Just kick the door in. It's intimidating. Yeah, well, to the people, because this has happened before. It happened when it got reviewed on that other podcast. Um, that are like, well, why'd you do that? It's like, I don't know, bro. Uh, Jack Nicholson stuck an axe through a bathroom door. And then sticks his face to try to kill his wife. Says, here's Johnny. And at no point did she crash him with the top of the toilet and say, (laughs) good night, Johnny. Get the fuck out of my goddamn house. It's been done in big movies. Kubrick callback. Fuck yourself. Also in, uh, Texas Chainsaw, he chainsaws through a screen door. So yeah, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. So I'm not defending the chainsaw instead of the unlock moment. I don't know, dude, because it's a horror, and that's from the perspective of a child. Like that's like... But just as far as like my personal feelings, which I'm sure a lot of yeah. people feel this way, like I, I, I can appreciate that. Um. My, for lack of a better word, I guess, sense of disappointment in my Mm -hmm. past work helps me grow as an artist, so I appreciate that. Like, it sucks a little bit when you look at something that you know you spend a lot of time on and you feel a little disappointed in it, but at the same time, I think that drives you to better yourself, which I I definitely think is a positive, but I also had someone, which is part of the reason, like, I kind of wanted to talk about this today um comment on one of my old videos on youtube that i did for school that i never liked i've and i don't have a reason why i can't put like my finger Which on one was it? it's the the cheesy commercial that i made like the zombie gone one where she wakes <laughs> up and she's a zombie and then she washes her face or whatever and it's like a really hokey little commercial thing but my nieces were in it and like it's like cute because you have two kids like mm-hmm. or whatever but I didn't have, like, literally from day one, never had a reason why I didn't like it. I just didn't like it. And I think maybe it was because it was my final project for my junior year. I was like, this should be better than it is because I'm 
about to enter my final year of college and it should just be better work. So maybe that's what it was, but I never had a reason for disliking it. I was just like, I don't like it. And I waited a long time to put it up. And you can tell from like my YouTube videos, like the view count, like which videos I cared enough about to promote and which ones I didn't care about because some of them have thousands of views and that one has like less than a hundred views because I'm like, I just don't like this video. And um, some random person, I don't know how they even found it commented that they thought it was a cute video and like it's I guess refreshing as an artist like when you have these negative um feelings about your own work to see someone who doesn't have that bias like appreciate just the like artistic endeavor of it so I I think there's positives and negatives to being an artist looking at your own work like you should be critical because you're not going to improve if you're not critical but at the same time I think you should look at it but you can't like obsess about it mm-hmm. like you can't sit there and watch that movie like 20 times in a row and be like I'm a horrible person just cutting <laughs> the wrists like you can't do that shit like you have to be able to look at it critically and I, I, I think doing the two stars has kind of helped me like deal with that where it's like I've put out shit my name is Brett Bloom and I'm a con artist and I'm just <laughs> selling you horse shit and I'll be better next week but even like you but have... they got Netflix <laughs> they got 350 million dollars so <laughs> you know I can make fun of them <laughs> <laughs> but even like when you and I met um it had been like what a good year since you released the madman diaries it had been out for a while or like something like that and um i bought a copy off of you when you first told me about it and you were like kind of like uh you know it's not great it's my first book or whatever at a certain point i'm like if you're dumb enough to pay the money on amazon pay it but if you send me a message i will fucking send it to you for free i feel (laughs) bad making people buy that i think i think you offered to give it to me for like 10 bucks and i was like just take the i've given it away People have been like, do you want money? And I'm like, I mean, that would be nice, but no, I, I don't I, I don't want you to pay for this. Like, if you find it on Amazon and you fall for it, you know, go. But I don't know how to fix the price. That wasn't my price. That was Amazon's price. I don't know how to do that. I'm not good with, you know, that type of shit. But I remember you, like, hyper... Like there's, like, three good stories. <laughs> but I remember you, like, hyper-downplayed it when you gave it to me. And, it, like, not every story, obviously. But there were, like, a couple of stories, like, while I was reading it. I was, like, actively crying. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my, my, I think my proudest moment, besides, like, the, the dolls, just for the... I like that story, but I don't know if I executed it well in the book. Um is that first one with the the woman who's had the miscarriage and is pushing the empty swing in the park mm-hmm. like like that to me is probably my favorite one i think the one and i can't for the life of me remember what it's called ashes to ashes um the one where the lady like goes on a date with the dude that like Mm. totally fucks with her and she's like yeah like that one was like one that got me pretty hardcore she had like a line about um sometimes like your psychological trauma like leaves more of a scar than your physical trauma like all the time yeah Yeah. i was just like oh my god i've been beat up yeah i've been beat up i've cut myself that's like a 
a massive part of my personality is I probably spent the better part of a decade just sticking a razor at myself. So I got all different kinds of fun designs on my body if you see me naked. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking, uh, I think that that line holds true, you know, like that. I don't want to toot my own horn, but as far as offshoot from the conversation to like a deeper thing, um, no, all those scars have like healed up. Some of them are very prominent. Most of them you can only like see when it's cold and they turn red and my skin turns white, but I'm pretty tan, so like nine times out of ten you, you don't even know what the fuck's up. <laughs> um, but there's things that'll keep you awake at night ten years later, you know? Like you, you just, you never get rid of them. It's a scar inside of your brain. How do you deal with those outside of therapy and alcoholism? (laughs) (laughs) Um, On a personal level, because I have... uh, Wow, this got deep. I know. Well, we started talking about the book, and if if I have to, you know, piss on my own work and you're going to bring up one brilliant point that I made, we're going to expand on that point and make people go buy this well, I, don't, I don't think I've ever... Hit me up on PayPal! <laughs> <laughs> I'll send it to you cheaper! <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever publicly discussed this, so this is a little weird for me. I've definitely discussed it with people that are close in my life before, but I don't think I've ever... That's all you're doing right now. ...publicly discussed it. You're um... discussing it with me. <laughs> um, yeah, I have definitely... Um had a relatively intimate experience with depression and um mm-hmm. i also Same. have been a, <laughs> a cutter in the past and that was a long time ago i haven't done it in a long time but i still definitely um have issues with uh depression and anxiety like there are significantly more good days now and part of that's thanks to you but um yeah, I, I, I have experience with that, and I think at my worst, it was an issue with bottling it up. And so I guess for me, like, the biggest thing was just, like, giving myself space to admit that I was having a hard time and admitting it to the people that I, I felt close enough and comfortable enough to share that with and, like, trusted to, you know, not treat me any differently or not be shitty to me or whatever so I think just talking about it and kind of like having that self-reflection and having that comfort of other people in your life that like care um was probably like the biggest thing that helped me like it's very isolating period when you're dealing with depression but when you isolate yourself further and when did you tell somebody like how old were you? Think? Roughly um, 20, 21 maybe. And it was actually, ironically, I think the first time I ever talked about it was because I had, um, I was still like in that phase where I was cutting. I had like noticeable mm-hmm. scars on my wrists and I was dating an absolutely miserable shithead of a dude. And he asked me about them. Like he opened the conversation up. But the second I started trying to say something about it, he was like, why are you like talking about this? Like, why are you always so down? Why can't you just be happy? And I was like, it's not how it works, you know? <laughs> so, Open offer. If you're that dude, write me an email. We'll meet up in a parking lot. I'll break your jaw. <laughs> Put that shit on film. 
So that was the first time I think I ever talked about it. And then, like, I had, like, mm-hmm. legitimate, like, friends that I was close to that I cared a lot about. And, like, it started kind of, like, I guess, like, leaking out in small conversations. And then, like, I realized the more I talked about it, the less isolated I felt. Yeah. So... Yeah, after a couple of years of kind of, like, having time to process that and, like... you remember, like, when you started? Like, what age? Having depression or talking? Cutting. Oh, um... I started having... Man, this is very personal. Are you... I feel like you're, like, trying I've to be my really, therapist. I've got a really funny joke <laughs> at the end of this that I'll come up with. Um, I started having, like, serious, like, anxiety and depression at the tail end of high school. So, like, the very end of started, my... started, like, around 17, 18. Yeah, like, the very end of my yeah. junior year, like, at 17, I started just, like, having a harder time. And then my senior year was, like, really mm-hmm. struggling. And then I went to college, and so... 18, 19, I think it was mostly just, like, anxiety, and, like, by the end of 19, like, early 20, like, I was, like, out of control, like, I, I... sorry, mom, if you're listening, and trigger warning for anyone who... Ah, trigger warning, go fuck yourself, you've made it this far. It's a sensitive topic. Trigger warning for anyone that's listening, if this is a sensitive topic, maybe skip ahead. Like How about, 15, 30 I'm sorry, seconds. and if you're going through it, I love you, and I feel free hope to reach that you out. Don't, but we definitely understand what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, feel free to reach out yeah. if you want to. Nightmareboxproductions at gmail.com. <laughs> I uh, shameless plug in the middle of a depression. No, no, I'm saying <laughs> if they want to email. Fuck it with you. Um, tried to hang myself once. Um, cut a lot. That was mostly just a release thing i don't think i ever like cut with the intention of killing myself um and like took uh an excess of pills for a little while to kind of like just sleep mellow yourself out yeah so i think all of that like came to a head like 2021 and that was like the worst of it and then I think after I started talking to people, it, like, it took a couple of years to get over, like, feeling hyper-anxious and hyper-depressed, but, um, it helped for sure, because, yeah, I, I don't think anybody in my life really knew at all, and I just felt like I'd, I'd go to class or whatever and be surrounded by hundreds of people and feel like I was completely alone, so... Like, bottling that stuff up, I think, is, like, the worst thing you can do. Like, even if you don't have people in your life that you feel like you can talk to, like, talking to a therapist or someone, it's an immense weight off your shoulders just to... Therapies, that's the first word, you know? Like, I, I would vote turn down the drugs unless they are putting you there involuntarily. Um... And just do talk therapy. Walk yourself back, collect yourself, find yourself, and deal with it. Like, don't, there's some things you can't numb out, of course, you know, can't talk about, you know. Never experienced schizophrenia. <laughs> but I did start cutting myself when I was 15 years old, and I cut myself, stopped like. 
where it was like a monthly thing, I stopped at around 25. So like I went about a solid decade where it was a semi-frequent thing that would happen a couple of times a year. Um, at 15, it was damn near every day. Like it, it was a fucking issue. And uh, I'd like to say that I stopped, stopped at 25, but I think I've done it at least once, you know, like in the past five months. So like, I can't say that it's gone forever. Um, talk therapy is the way to go. Learn to, well, we were talking about the other day, uh, reach inside and hug that kid. Besides just you, you know, like you don't have to be mad at them yeah. and you're not stuck in their world, but you're older than them now and you can look back on them. So if you're 16 and you've been doing this shit since you were 13 or if you're fucking 35 and you've been doing this shit since you were 20 or if you've been, you know, like wherever you fall in the spectrum of just like the chaotic horseshit that comes out of it, the, the level of desperation where it says, I'm not going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to look into that bathroom mirror and make myself bleed. Like, if you've reached that fucking point, you're there, dude. Like, you you need to get yourself somewhere where you can figure out why you're doing it. Because the longer you do it, the more you're going to alienate yourself, you know? Like, if I could reach back to that kid that was doing that, that first time which I promise I'm getting to my joke <laughs> I would hug him before I'd slap him I think I'd hug him and then be like you know what comes next and he'd just be like yeah like I'm just getting to get a hit <laughs> like I'd deck him and I'd be like alright and then I'd hug him again and make him a fucking hamburger I'd be like listen here shithead like if I had any message for that kid for either one of us it would be you're stronger than us. And you are, you know? Like, if you're listening to it right now and you're in the middle of it, it doesn't have to be cutting, you know? There's people with bulimia. There's hundreds of different ways that people self-destruct to take care of themselves, you know? None of them are healthy and you are not the exception. That comes from me, who's drinking beer and talking to a microphone. Um, but I found out about cutting on road rules. <laughs> you remember the real world? Mm -hmm. Road rules was a spinoff. They they got in a bus and they drove all over the place and they like stayed in the house. And there was a girl on road rules who was a cutter. And I remember having all of these problems and then watching Road Rules and then I guess the whole episode tie-in is, hey kids, don't do this. But like you she walked into the kitchen with a, she walked into the kitchen and grabbed this big ass kitchen knife and walked into the bathroom and came back and threw the kitchen knife in the fucking dishwasher. And it hit me and I was like, holy shit. And I didn't do it, like, immediately after the episode. I probably did it, you know, like, a year or two after the episode. But I remember thinking at the time, I was like, she didn't cry in front of the cameras. She didn't freak out on anybody. She went and handled it on her own. And I thought it was a strong move, right? 
And then I never watched the end of the episode where they put her in therapy and kicked her off the show. <laughs> so I thought, this is just this bad bitch. Like, she's just she's just down to go. Mm. And, um, yeah, not too, you know, not too terribly long after that in retrospect or whatever, I found myself in the position where it was like, I can freak out and cry in front of people. Or I can go in here and turn my chest into a goddamn tally board. And, uh, I did that 15 and then nobody found out until I was, uh, like, at girlfriends and stuff like that. My friends knew, but, like, my family didn't until I was, like, 19. And then I, uh, I was joining the Air Force and I had to go in for a MEPS examination. And I've got a fucking, it looks like I've just been, like, counting to some number that you could never get to because they were fresh at 19 you know like it was just like do, 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 chink, cha, do, 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 chink, you know <laughs> and uh the guy was like what where'd that come from and i was like oh my cat attacked me and he goes did your cat attack just that one part of your chest <laughs> no. three thousand goddamn times or oh, no. are you gonna tell me the truth and i was like i have some problems and so I had to get a waiver (laughs) so get help I'm getting a refill love you I love you alright walk us out of this whole awkward oh Um, that's Brett's big question I'm gonna walk you all the way out of this (laughs) will you refill me while you're up yeah um that was two bottles clinking against each other a lot louder than I thought Um, weird transition, but, um, we recently watched Heathers, which (laughs) talks, talks a bit about, yeah, talks a bit about suicide, so I guess it's related. I said a bit about. I thought you said, it talks a boot suicide. (laughs) A boot. (laughs) So, uh, so, uh, related topic i guess um i had heard of it before i don't think brett had oh no uh faith sent it to us on facebook Mm -hmm. hardcore shout out to faith ideally by the time you're listening to this podcast you'll have listened to our uh podcast about uh naked but um unless you don't like it and you think it's horrifically racist at which point i apologize (laughs) but um yeah, I, I somehow conned Brett into watching a real shitty rom-com. And this was our compromise to the great debate of whether or not you can have a rom-com horror film or a horror rom-com, however you want to. And I think it. you can, upon watching Heathers. I, I feel like, I don't know, I'd straight up call it horror, but it's definitely in that vein, for sure. I mean, it's fucked up. Yeah, for sure. Kid blows himself up in front of his fucking... <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> it's an old movie, so yeah, that's yeah. on you. Well, I'd never heard of it before, so like it's not like a classic 80s film, but you know, apparently it's a cult classic, like mm-hmm. a Fight Club level type thing. Uh, yeah, like, it, it's fucked up. My favorite thing, and the only thing that like I really remembered when we were talking about it outside, I'm sorry, I'm not good with emotions, so I'm, if you're still sitting there holding a razor blade and waiting on further advice, it's not here for you, kid. Like, Aww. call me. I'll give you, uh, you got the email. I'll give you my phone number if you're going through it, and I love you. Um, is uh, the beginning where he's got that pistol with the blanks in it, and the bullies walk up on him, and he's like, nope, pop, pop. 
and I thought, that's how they're starting this goddamn movie. Like, <laughs> up in the cafeteria shooting two guys. Like, this dude's just and like, there's JD. And it's like, well, we're starting with the school shooting and we're moving from here. How the fuck did they not kick that kid out of school? Yeah, no, today if you did that for sure, you're kicked out. Columbine hadn't happened yet, I guess. <laughs> but actually... Like the forethought to like be like, I'm putting blanks in this bitch. Yeah. Either one of those actors could have gone out like that dude from The Crow. Nobody would have given a shit. <laughs> but a damn good film, I will say. I I guess weirdly have done the thing that you said you've done. Put off watching it just because I knew it was popular. Oh, you knew, you knew that it was a thing? Yeah, I knew it was a popular like, I'd cult never classic. even heard the title of the film. Um, I saw, I worked on a, a film in Kentucky. Um, which I'm not going to plug just because it's not my film and I don't really want to get into that but um I worked on a film in Kentucky for a while and they kept like in their reviews or like people who reviewed it they stuck it on I think the box of the film is like one of the quotes on the box like oh it's the modern day Heathers or whatever and like people kept like going back and forth on it because in their promo they would compare it to that and then people would be like fuck that Heathers is way better so I was just kind of like what's your personal opinion now that you've seen Heathers? Heathers is better Heather's is better, and I'm not, I don't even know the title of the film that you worked on. You, you watched it with me. It's the movie. I'm not going to plug it oh, again. Oh, it's the oh, movie we yeah, watched together. Yeah. So Tracking. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Heather's is definitely better. But I think I did that weirdly. Like, I just put off watching it because, like, too many people had talked about it, and I was like, eh, I'll watch it one day. But oh, damn good film. I, it's a blur of awesome. Like, I'm definitely going to have to watch it again. Like, the way I feel about Heathers is the way I felt the first time I watched Requiem from a Dream. Where it's like, there was so much shit there that I just, my my head can't wrap. Like, I laughed. I was pissed off. I was terrified. Like, it was just a jumble of, like, holy shit. Like, he shoots those two gay dudes in the woods, right? Frames them for a fucking Well, they're suicide. not actually gay. Gives them. them gay pornography so they come off as gay. And the sheriff does not put together two dead dudes gay pornography. He puts together two dead dudes mineral water. <laughs> These guys are sucking dick. <laughs> I think that's part of the charm, though. The movie, to some extent, makes fun of itself. Like, they have a lot of moments where it's like... You see this? This is sparkling wine. (laughs) They're alone in the woods. (laughs) They have, like, a lot of moments where they kind of poke fun at themselves. Favorite line, though, for sure, though, the opening section in the cafeteria where she says, fuck me gently with the chainsaw. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's where we're going. That's what that movie did. The movie fucked you gently with a chainsaw. It's like feeding bitches, Drano. God damn. That was fucking next level. Yeah, no. Check out Heathers. If, you, if, if you're like me and you're like really into this genre and just somehow this movie missed you by like every fucking level, check out fucking Heathers. That was, that was some shit. Dude blows himself up and the bitch has a cigarette hanging out of her mouth and it's just like... Like she walks back into the school covered in like soot and nobody says anything. Steals that bitch's like little hair thingy. She's like, I've got your scrunchie. Fuck yourself. I'm the new Heather around (laughs) you. Whatever the fuck she said. What was that kid's name? The the JD character? Uh, Clive Owen. 
No, it's Christian something. Bale? No. No. <laughs> he was Batman. Uh, Winona Ryder is the main actress, though. Uh-huh. She plays uh, Veronica, oddly, who is one of the Heathers. Yeah. Uh, Christian Slater. Was it the opening shot that I fell in love with? Like, in, I know I fell in love with this movie in like the first five minutes, but like where they're playing uh, croquet, like out in the yard. Oh, yeah, and they hit her in the head. She's and buried the, under the, the ground. Bitch buried in the ground. <laughs> They have Veronica in her own yard. I am going to love this movie. (laughs) I think that's what threw me off. Like, I assumed they were in the yard of, like, the main Heather Chick's house. Because, like, she seems like she's hyper in charge. And then you find out later that's Veronica's house. So they've buried her in her own fucking yard. And they're throwing croquet balls at her. Like, how how desperately do you have to want to fit in? color-coded to the... God damn it. I can't imagine being a high school girl. Like, being a high school dude, like... There comes a time where you're throwing fists. So, like, every dude has, like, that level in himself where it's like, if I cross line X, I'm getting punched in the face. And girls don't really have that level. You guys, like, congregate and, you know, like, kick people out of groups. And, like, you you hurt people mentally and send rude notes. Like, I've just watched people, like, in the middle of taking a piss just get clipped from the back and just have their fucking head kicked in. Like, like high school's different. Like, half of my friends were drug addicts and alcoholics, and they just, you know, just see people, like, not get assassinated, like, literally, but just get the shit kicked out of them for next to no reason. I will say, which I, I... I was middle of the road. Like, I didn't hang out with the popular yeah. kids, but I didn't hang out with, like, the people that got picked on either. So, like, I had a pretty neutral high school experience, but... I think I oh. freaked out out of a means for survival. <laughs> like, I was like, I am... At a certain point, I was like, I'm choking the next motherfucker that says anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, for the most part, that is accurate. Like, girls are kind of, like, vindictive on that, yeah. like, personal level where they'll, like, spread a rumor about you or talk shit about you. But I was, um... There was, like, a holding area where you had to, like, kind of hang out and wait if you, like, rode a bus or you drove and got there early if you got there, like, before the bell rang. We were in kind of, like, that area. I want to say I was in middle school, too. I was pretty young. And there was a girl that was, like, known for, like, getting in trouble and getting in fights. And, like, while we were, like, in that little, like, area hanging out waiting for school to start, she straight up jumped on another girl's back and started punching the back of her head and then slammed her head into the Jesus wall. So some girls were pretty scrappy, too. <laughs> I was just like, well, that's happening. We had this old Vietnam vet in my high school. And uh, he was the ROTC instructor. He was like second grandpa. Like <laughs> he was awesome. But he um, he was trying to break up a fight one day in the bus lane. Like as we were all like sitting around waiting on you know like I was waiting with my team to like go work out and shit. And he was clearing out the buses. We had to wait on him to finish up or something like that. And these two guys started fighting, and the colonel started shoving people. And this third kid came up from behind the colonel and put him in a chokehold, like fucking full rear naked like that. And this dude's in his 60s, maybe his 70s. Like he's an old, short, old ass country boy. And I just remember he reached behind with like a hand and grabbed him like one thumb on one side of the throat, all the fingers on the other side, everything under the jaw and he just picked him up with one arm and threw him over the Jesus. top of himself. He was just like boom, boom, shoulder lean, head into the pavement, good night, son. <laughs> 
stupid. Why would you attack one of the adults? You're going to get and way the, the more trouble. The dude in charge of the fucking ROTC program, the Vietnam veteran, like you're going to choke him? You're going to get in way more trouble. <laughs> like, get why? Up, dude. I just I'm remember, like, there were a bunch dumb. of us sitting out, and it was just like, boom, and everybody went, oh, shit! Like, the two dudes that were initially fighting stopped fighting. It was. <laughs> They were like, holy fuck, you got beat up by a senior citizen? <laughs> What's going oh on in your life? <laughs> oh. Yeah, that was a bad choice. Mistakes were made. Yeah, high school was fucking miserable, but um, Heather's was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but probably a miserable high school experience if you weren't one of the Heathers. Well, no, I, I, I don't want to be the JD of that group because, like, I never, you know, I don't want to plant bombs. I, mean, <laughs> I just want to make fun of you guys later. Like, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, that movie, when it escalated, escalated fast. Oh, it was, it was like we're it was just kind of trippy as shit. We're just kind of a weird kid. No shit. Now we're blowing people up. Yeah, no, we're fucking murdering people one at a time. Like every time he tried to kill somebody, it just made him more famous. And he's like, "What if I kill everybody? Will I be the famous one?" And then he just kills himself, and the girl takes over. Like his girlfriend becomes the most popular. Like, there's so many things that I need to I need to sit down and watch it like two or three more times. I don't know that I'd say she becomes the most popular. Like she. Takes control. Well, yeah, she kind of asserts her own dominance, which is kind of a nice, I guess, parallel to victims of abuse. Because, like, initially... Well, poetically... I'm sorry, I know I'm interrupting you. Okay. Poetically, uh, like, she's lost her boyfriend, who just tried to blow everybody up after admitting that he's killed all the old popular girls. She survives and is now the most popular girl. And she's like, I'm the new leader around here. Well, he only kills the one main Heather, but it's it's a nice, I guess, transition. Because in, in the beginning, you see her like literally buried getting under the ground, the yeah, getting hit balls. in her own yard, getting hit with a croquet ball because she so desperately wants to fit in with these other Heathers, and then she's attracted to this dude who, like, literally kills her quote unquote friend frenemy whatever you want to call her in front of her and then she like keeps following along with him even though most people would be like dude's bad shit and like accidentally kills the dude well (laughs) she is she like literally he was like i've got a suicide note planned everything's gonna be okay well she literally buys into his story about like the bullets will only cause a flesh wound they won't really die like she's so desperate to like fit in and like want people to like her and so it is kind of nice that ending shot where she's finally like fuck you guys i'm gonna be my own woman she's gonna be the most popular people are gonna want to be like her i don't feel like it's the most popular she's just kind of because i mean he tells her to like be strong that's like his weird thing that he keeps saying to her and like she does kind of like find her own strength at the end i'm gonna have to watch it again (laughs) I, i i there's a lot to unpack mm-hmm. in that movie. It's not a two-star review. I'm fucking general, like genuinely impressed. Fuck. Yeah, go watch Heather's after we've ruined it for you. But go, there's so much there. Like, di- <laughs> like written very well, directed very well, acted fucking incredibly. Like it, it, it it's got Joaquin Phoenix. Just go do that. <laughs> do that this week. Oh. 
Uh, what do I got on here? Where are we sitting at on time? You can took away. Took away. Took away. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what to talk about. You have all the show notes because oh, my fancy bu- my fancy binder didn't show up today. Let's see where we're sitting at. Do, 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 no, we're at hour eleven. Ooh, it might be time to wrap up then. We haven't made dinner yet. Let's see if I got anything else on here that could work. I started a new composition notebook for the pawn shop stories this week. You didn't tell me that. Yeah, I did. You came outside. I was writing on it. You didn't tell me you were doing it. I've got uh, the opening line, which is a I, I I like to do that sometimes, where like I write a quote because I I fill these things up like it's not line by line, it's like fifteen things on a page. Um, but uh, it's Alan Watts, which I'm a huge fan of, uh, and it's his quote: "There are no wrong feelings." Aww. And so this is where I'm hoping to kind of capture the pawn shop stories book or like a like a little memoir-esque type thing about this weird time in my life where like i lost my dad and then lost my boss and like kind of bookend you know um and i got a page and a half done that's awesome i wrote a i wrote a little thing because i ran out of things to write about from the first uh you know like where you got to get like your first page and you write on the front and you gotta like switch it over and then fold it so you can have the backboard and write on the back and I said that the sweet creak of that first turn of the composite like the desperate moan of an aching joint is a sigh <laughs> I like that that right there I saw a shadow holding a cigarette and sipping a beer. I imagine that my father sees the same thing. I pray he's half as disappointed, but twice as understanding. I'm so goddamn good at my job. like about those composition books that I beat them up fold them put them in my pocket toss them across rooms rip out pages at random and by the time they they hit the bottom they look like you found at the end of a subway (laughs) besides that but um we originally bought all of those when we were shooting the dolls to literally just be props they're all blank books that were just used for a shot and you've given them a new life so it's kind of and this is 2013 It's kind of a a parallel to like this old abandoned thing, like finding like new purpose. So it's a a little poetic in and of itself that these (laughs) were just a bunch of books I would have thrown out, but you use them now and give them new life. And I need a new legal pad because I'm almost out of legal pad space. And I got this as a Christmas present, so I've burned through damn near an entire legal pad in five months. Like it's. (laughs) They're not small pages, they're big pages, so that's good. Um, I think the only other thing I want to clarify before we find our way off here is um, my mother gets in uh, this upcoming week, 
either on Friday or Saturday, and that might get in the way of a couple of these podcasts where we might not be as prepared or we might not be able to do like a two-star because I don't know. My mother's like me. She's kind of... (laughs) She's a fucking film reel of a person. But uh, she's going to be here. I'm going to try to talk her into getting on to this fucking thing. Oh, she's not going to go for that. But I doubt she's going to go for it because she's going to be like, I don't know what we're doing but I've got a fucking career I need to look after so. <laughs> she's, she's never in a million years she's, she works for a company that uh, has a name and a TV channel and those are like <laughs> she's probably not going to want to do this so. <laughs> um, but yeah she, she'll be in so the, the episodes might be weird like the next two or three might be a little strange um, but we'll we'll let you know via Facebook if you know this is one of the ones where we miss because right now you'll be hearing this around the time Mom shows up. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, just heads up on that. You have any other last minute notes? No. Nope. Okay. Where can you find us on MySpace? Don't oh, have one. Still. Fuck. Uh, sorry, Facebook. Sorry to let you '90s kids down. Uh, Facebook is facebook.com/slash/nightmareboxproductions. What about Instagram? Ooh, at nightmareboxproductions. What about Twitter? At nightmareboxpro. Do we have any other things? YouTube. I don't have a URL for that. Like mine is youtube.com/slash Kristen Pennington. Oh, that's the one I want you to plug. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's a little to I, the you know right. We should do in the middle of the plug. Go ahead. To the, to the right of my YouTube, there's a link to the Nightmare Box one, but unfortunately, um, we don't have a custom URL on that one, so. We gotta figure out how to get a custom URL, and you I think what would be fun. have enough viewers. The problem is we don't have enough subscribers. We can't just start a new account. You gotta have a certain amount of subscribers. YouTube, like, recently updated, um. Like, out of the gate, you need subscribers? We have a URL. It's just youtube.com slash a random series of numbers and letters. So it's like some crazy thing. And like you can't like customize it to like Nightmare Box Productions until you have, I think, 10,000 views. Okay. And then like a set number of subscribers. So, so that's our goal. Once we yeah. hit 10,000 on this thing, uh, we'll be able to put up clips like the weekly highlights, like a little five minute thing that's just this chopped up and then you can choose to watch the five minute and or I've, listen I've to the whole episode. I've been thinking about doing, yeah, just little like teasers of the mm-hmm. podcast. So I may just do teasers with the Nightmare Box just logo. Just screaming about pan-seared dick. Yeah. And yeah. then like you have no context for the other 30 things that they're going to discuss. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, the only thing on the Nightmare Box YouTube is, um, I think, just the dolls and the dolls trailers. We don't have enough views or subscribers yet for me to get a custom URL because they How long do you think we hit 10,000? I haven't tried to promote it, so that's probably on me. I should try to promote Uh, it. Neither one of us is promoting (laughs) it. It gets the occasional Facebook post, and that's all we're doing. So if you're listening to this, guys, please read, not read, rate and review I get R's and I just go with the first R word. Uh, rate, review, share it with your friends. If you have any friends who are uh, 
filmmakers, writers, painters, uh, creative people in general who can't pull off a podcast without some jackass on a fucking motorcycle <laughs> driving through every 15 minutes. Um, we want to work with you. I, and we do want to work with you. And I've, also, got a, I've got an email that should be coming in soon that'll be a story from Freddie. Because Freddie is tapped out on the old story and he's coming in with a new one. And I'm very excited to read it. He sounds like he, now that he's got school out of the way, he's got time and we can actually, you know. He graduated, right? So, he yay, graduated. Freddie, oh, son. That's my boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, email and website. Email, I'm sorry. Uh, the email is nightmareboxproductions at gmail. And our website is thenightmarebox.blog by yeah. Brett's book, which is called... The Madman Diaries, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. But I promise you, if you go to the website, there's a PayPal button at the bottom of the website. If you send me $10, I will ship it to you for free. So and you'll get a customized book because he'll sign it for I you. I will sign it for you. I'll put your name in there. If I know you, then I'll write, you know, some like personal message. If I don't know you, then you're just, you know, I'll, I'll write something in there for you. But Either probably, traumatizing or heartfelt. Depending on where I'm at. It's the know, look like of the I draw. Might, I might start writing like erotica. <laughs> <laughs> Paragraph at a time and you guys have to meet together. Uh, why didn't you sign mine that way? Oh, that's like a neat idea. You should write Paragraph snippets. at a time yeah. and then people got to like come through. Yeah. I just rewrite the uh, Pinewood Massacre. A paragraph at a time oh. and I'm like you guys all have you gotta to piece the up. story together oh Good that luck. would be cool I'll just give somebody number one somebody number two ten bucks at a time I'll write that entire novella on your book that would be cool yeah a paragraph at a time I'm for that if you Can get I... a dialogue paragraph you, you just get like five random words I'm about to buy a new book because I want paragraph number one <laughs> so that's about to happen all right. Well, I love you. I love you. And I love you guys. And uh, we'll talk to you here in the next couple of days.